Hi everyone, it's Angela here. I'm very happy to be able to welcome you to our Sunday service on the podcast and kind of welcome you back to the podcast. Uh, I'm going to lead today and Nicola's going to preach. Whether you're listening on Sunday morning or at any other time, hear these words of Jesus, that where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. They remind us that even in these strange times and even when we can't meet in person, that God is with us. Today is Remembrance Sunday and we join our prayers with those at the Thatcham War Memorial this morning and everyone who is participating with Remembrance at home. I saw a picture this week that a friend of mine painted. It's a painting of the Flanders fields of poppies. I had no idea that he was such a bona fide artist. Um, I was quite blown away when I saw it. Um, When I looked at it closely, I realised it was painted on wood. And the reason it had um, such a lot of texture to it is because he had scratched and etched and scraped at the wood to make the shape of the poppies. And then he'd painted over the scratching. And I thought that was so apt for Flanders, that the poppies are so beautiful, and yet uh, there are so many scars that they conceal. So today we remember lives lost through war and conflict around our world. And we honour those who bear the scars. Today we pray for our world in all its beauty and its turmoil. And today we pray for all engaged in the hard and holy work of reconciliation and peace. God, our refuge and strength, bring near the day when war shall cease and poverty and pain shall end. That the earth may know the peace of heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our prayer of confession, forgiving God in the face of such sacrifice and on a day when we remember lives lost. We discover how many things are still undone and how much might have been done otherwise. Both in our world and our lives, redeem our failure, bind up the wounds of past mistakes, transform guilt to active love and by your grace and forgiveness make us whole. Amen. Our reading today is from St Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. It's titled, The Coming of the Lord. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with them those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will be by no means preceding those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with an archangel's call and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them and meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Thanks be to God for his word to us. Well, here we are again, back online, back to talking into the microphone, to the blank wall. (laughs) 
Um, I think we knew it was going to happen, didn't we, at some point, but it doesn't really make the reality of it any easier. Um, I, I, I've been so grateful for the time that we've been able to have back together and we've really missed those who haven't been able to be with us. Um, but yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's very strange. And I know as I watched the news and saw that national lockdown and just seeing those figures go up of cases, you know, it's, it's a huge worry, isn't it? And it was that same surge, almost a sort of feeling of dread about what life might be like for people and just anticipating the loss um, that people are going to face. And we know that's going to happen in our community as well. Um, and it's just inescapably sad, I think, all of that. And it's good to recognise that um, so that we're ready and available for people when they're in difficult situations. And of course, today is also Remembrance Sunday and we perhaps feel ill-prepared this year to look into the tragedy of war on top of everything that's already happening and remember it this year of all years. And, you know, for all the bravery and ingenuity and wisdom shown by those in the military and all the good that that has brought in the past and today, there's still that inescapable devastation of war and the darkness of our history that is really hard to look into and for which there is no real consolation. And in the face of all of this, I find myself digging deep down into my reserves and digging really deep down into my faith. And when I read the reading from Thessalonians that we've just heard, I honestly felt elated that that was what had come up this week. We follow a calendar of readings in the Church of England um, called the Lectionary. So each week there's a, a set reading and uh, we'll sit down as a team and have a look at it and see what it's got to say to us this week and think about what we might share. And sometimes, this won't surprise you, sometimes the lectionary throws up some real toughies and we kind of puzzle over it together and think, right, okay, uh, <laughs> let's see what we can do. Um, but this week was one of those weeks where I love the lectionary and it brought up just pure gold and it was just perfect for the situation. A couple of weeks ago, before I went on holiday, I was part of a Zoom day conference. Um, I'm part of a network in the Church of England called the Young Priest Theologians Network. And it's basically a network of people who are studying theology at a higher level while in ministry and who are also under 40. <laughs> so you've got to tick a few boxes. And it always makes me chuckle that uh, being under 40 in the Church of England, your class is extremely young. <laughs> Um, but what happens in that network is they usually invite us to Lambeth Palace every year, which is obviously an amazing treat that we get to worship in the chapel. We have a really excellent speaker who talks to us and uh, we also have a really lovely lunch, which is very nice. <laughs> but this year, um, of course, it was on Zoom. So it was egg on toast um, in front of the computer. <laughs> but it was one of the most extraordinary meetings that I've been part of in the last five years of being in that network. This time they called upon the historian Tom Holland. Some of you might have read his books. He wrote um, Rubicon and Millennium and many, many others. And Tom was there to talk to us about his new book, which is called Dominion. And in this book, he traces the history of Western thought. So he says himself, like it's a no small task. He's been very bold. Um, and he wanted to look into why we think the way we think in our culture. 
and he goes right the way back to Greek and Roman times. I'm listening to the book now and I'm still in ancient Greece 500 years before Jesus. <laughs> so he goes right back. And um, Tom started out his research as a committed humanist and secularist. And he ended it with this startling realisation that the root of so many of the values that he held dear and so many of our most precious values as a society are based on the Christian story. And it was fascinating because on this Zoom call, he looked straight into the camera and said to us, you know, theology is the queen of all the sciences. It underpins everything. And that's where he'd come to with his study of our nation and our the Western world and our culture. And he encouraged us to be bold and to tell these stories and to recognise the power in the stories, the Christian story and the teachings of Jesus that we hold. And he encouraged us to fully recognise how world-changing these beliefs are, that they were then and they are now. And in this reading that we've just heard from Thessalonians, we have one of these world-changing beliefs that Tom was referring to laid out really plainly for us. Most of Paul's letters involve him writing to a people in crisis, and Thessalonians um, is no different. He was writing to a Greek city, Thessalonica, and it really wasn't easy for that community at the time. It wasn't easy for those people to be some of the first followers of Jesus in a Roman world. It brought with it pain, and persecution and sometimes it even brought death but Paul says this to them he says I do not want you to be uninformed or to grieve like those who have no hope and why should we have hope well Paul goes on to say because we believe that Jesus died and rose again so through Jesus God will bring with him all those who have died Quite simply, Paul is reminding those people and reminding us that we have a radical hope. And it's a radical hope that may sound ridiculous to some, but is at the heart of what sustains us and the heart of what gives us hope as Christian people. That, as Paul puts it elsewhere when he writes to the people in Rome, he says nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. And this belief gives us so many things. It gives us hope in the face of any disaster. It gives us a way forward through any darkness. It means that when the absolute worst happens, we still have a reason to get up and to carry on. We have hope. It was extraordinary to have a historian and a secularist historian tell me back my faith and tell me how radical and world-changing our beliefs really are. Of course I knew that, but to have it said in that way was just so powerful. And I've been reminded through study and through this time that every time I look more deeply into my faith, I emerge with more questions and more resources for life, whatever life involves at that time. And so as we face the world and we think about everything that this day brings as Remembrance Day, and we face all of these challenges, stand strong. As Paul says, do not be uninformed, delve deep into what you have. And if your well runs dry, which it may well, and it's fine if it does, then reach out because Paul ends with this charge. He says, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. 
He's saying encourage one another with your beliefs, with what you stand for as Christian people. And there's a reason why the church is a community. And it's because we need each other. We need to remind each other of the hope that we have. Sometimes we have to be the hope for somebody else. We need to pray for them when they cannot pray. We need to hold each other before God when we don't feel strong enough to stand. And it is no shame that is the great privilege of being a community that all of us at some point fall and that we can be the strength for each other when we need it. So ultimately, perhaps the message is stand together. So let's pray for each other, keep in touch with each other, love one another and love our community and lean always on that extraordinary hope that we have.
so we bring our prayers now to God. Let us pray for all those who suffer as a result of conflict and ask that God may give us peace. For the service men and women who have died in the violence of war, each one remembered by and known to God, may God give us peace. For those who love those who served in our armed forces, for those who love them in death as in life, we offer to you, Lord, the distress of our grief and the sadness of that loss. May God give us peace. For all members of the armed forces who are in danger this day, for their family and friends who remember them and all who pray for their safe return, may God give peace. For civilian women, children and men whose lives are disfigured by war or by terror. We call to mind with sorrow the anger and the hatred of humanity. May God give peace. For peacemakers and peacekeepers, for all who seek to keep this world secure and free, May God give peace. For all who bear the burden and the privilege of leadership, political, military and religious, we ask for the gifts of wisdom and resolve in the search for reconciliation and for peace. May God give peace. O God of truth and justice, we hold before you those whose memory we cherish and those whose names we will never know. Help us to lift our eyes above the pain of this broken world and grant us the grace to pray for all those who wish us harm. As we honour the past, may we put our faith in your future, for you are the source of life and hope now and forever. Amen. And so we end by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. There's only a couple of notices. Um, the first is that we'll be doing these weekly podcasts during lockdown, so do keep your eyes peeled for Nicola's emails because that will have the details of those um, on them. And a quick heads up, then next Sunday on a laptop near you is St Barnabas Zoom Coffee and Ketchup. So grab a cup of coffee and your little Zoom box and come and say hello. It'll be good to keep in touch. Do take care this week and please shout if you need anything. Um, Brenda, Nicola and I are all on the phone and on email. So our closing prayer. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy.
and may God's blessing rest upon us and upon those we love today and in the days ahead. Amen. So let us go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.